Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's the security rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Alan Nathan Show. Alan is on assignment, uh, and I'm here, Karen Cataline. Always a pleasure and an honor to sit in Alan's chair. And we're going to uh, kick off the second hour of the show with someone who is uh, a prolific writer for thestream.org. He's manager, managing editor as well. He was formerly the VP creative director for all comedy radio Voice of America uh, uh, and Voice of America producer and passion arts minister at Living Faith Christian Church in Southern California. Among many other books, he's co-authored The Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration, and his name is Al Parada. Welcome, Al, once again to the Alan Nathan Show. Awesome to be back with you. It is always so much fun to talk to you. Uh, before we get into uh, a host of articles we could talk about, uh, that you've written at the stream.org. Actually, from our listeners, it's just stream.org. Uh, is, is this, I'm always fascinated and always love talking to you about your comedy background. And despite the fact that the news is increasingly dark, ugly, evil, frightening, and the like, Never has it been more important for conservatives to get into the entertainment business, into comedy, and uh, into that that uh, cesspool of leftism in Hollywood. Do you have any thoughts on that as we get move forward? We've got to do a whole lot more in the entertainment field, and you have that background. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing you notice is that uh, conservatives tend to be a lot more funnier with means which is now <laughs> one way that humor is getting spread is through, through means people set around to each other. And one, the good news is our side of IL seems to be pretty good at it. So that, that's really helpful. And also uh, being a good cheer. I think that, 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 that's an important part of it as well, which I think is one reason. For example, your perfect example is Knutfeld owning late night, becoming the new king of late night. Because there's cheer. There's they're happy. They're happy people, despite what's going on. You mean uh, like Greg Gutfeld at light, yeah. late night? Yeah. Yeah. Greg yeah. Uh, let me just interrupt for a second because we're having yeah. a little bit of uh, sound difficulty, and I want everybody to get every word. And this for is the only thing I ever, only advice I know how to give. Let's hope we can hold on to you because we have you yeah, for one more segment. Go near a window. That's my best advice. Okay. <laughs> if you're on a cell phone. Go! Jump. Don't jump! Don't jump! But just go near a window so we can hear every word. Okay, go right ahead. So Greg Gutfeld. Yeah, Greg Gutfeld is owning is dominating late night. Part of that is because it's a show that has a smile on its face, and the other late night shows Hollywood is so dark and depressing and just bitter that. There's no, there's no laughter, no joy. They forgot the main part of their job on late night. So, so that, that, that's a signal, I think. That's a signal to people that we've got to, we can get in there with, with humor, with light, to make it broader than humor and comedy, lightness, light. Yeah. To, to help ease uh-huh. the burden to, uh, of people. Because people, people are fearful, and one way to help them overcome that fear is to be fearless to yourself, especially when talking about issues. You know what? I'm going to hate to do this, but I I, I need to ask my producer if we need to maybe call you back because, uh, you you know, you're too good not to do that. Mr. Producer, can we uh, maybe call him back? I was going to wait until the break, um, but let's see if we can't 
get him back. And I'm going to give you a heads up audience on what I hope to talk to him about. That was just an intro. And that is that Al Parada, and we're, we're getting him back and seeing if we can't improve that connection here, is uh, at stream.org. He wrote a piece uh, commemorating the times right now. This is Wednesday, mid-April. And boy, there are some horrible and ominous anniversaries that would be very, very important to mark and talk about. The article is in The Brew on stream. That's his um, article. Restoration and Remembrance on the 30th Anniversary of the Waco Tragedy. I might add that April 19th, April 20th, 420 is just a time of year that has certain uh, anniversary dates and things that that um, I guess I always think of. It's, it's similar and horrible and uh, ominous to 9-11. And uh, one of them is, I'm sorry to say, we don't celebrate it. Adolf Hitler's birthday is April 20th as was, unfortunately, the terrible tragedy, and I was living in Colorado at the time, I no longer do, the uh, Columbine uh, massacre that happened on April 20th. Uh, Unfortunately, people tend to uh, sometimes do terrible crimes in the name of a particular anniversary. Uh, Do we have Al Parada back yet? Oh, good. I didn't get that message there. Yay, you're back. So I did an intro about your article. 30 years ago today, Waco Siege comes to horrific, fiery end. And, of course, you know, tomorrow is the the, the guy whose name ought to be erased. Uh, Adolf Hitler's birthday, the Columbine tragedy was April 20th. People celebrate marijuana on 420. Lots is going on with this anniversary. Talk about it from your perspective of your article, if you would. Well, um, the one thing, uh, as I, my originally was going to be sort of like the, talking about, you know, what a mess up, what a horrible, just, just, you know, be really harsh on the the feds and, and the whole nine yard yards. But then but I realized that's just a sense of sadness as I remembered back that day. And, and just how you got to that point. That, like, and you're talking about the Waco tonight. tragedy, the Waco not the, tragedy. the other issues that I yeah. mentioned that are also around yeah. this time of year, anniversaries. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, yes. Yeah, and, and just, just the sense that, I don't know if you've ever been out to the actual site in Waco. Have you been out I there? I have not. I have not. It, it, it's in the middle of nowhere, first of all. But then they had the little church they rebuilt, the Branch Davidians, trying to get back to the roots of their church before David Koresh took it over. But it's just uh-huh. a desolate, it's just a desolate feeling, and just there's no trace of the Mount Carmel compound. Huh. It's all burned down, it got raised, and it's just a sense of just a, a sadness over the plain sort of feel, and that, and that sort of was hitting me as I was thinking about the anniversary, you know, rather than trying to go towards bitterness and, and also remembering to, to bring it sort of into today. The one thing I remembered from that, from that one thing, one thing I remembered was Janet Reno, the attorney general. She had only been in office a couple days because it took forever for Clinton to get an attorney general. Yet she stood up there after dozens of people, including children died. And she stood there and she took the responsibility because it's a fascinating clip. If you go into my article, there's a clip where the reporters are asking if she's standing up taking responsibility to shield Bill Clinton. And she hmm. just sits there and goes, basically, like, like stares him down and says, no, I made the decision. I'm, I take responsibility. The buck stops with me. And you're like, oh. whoa, it was the stupidest decision in the world to go into that building the way they did. But, man – where do we have in Washington now somebody who would stay up and say, I made the decision, it went wrong, the buck stops with me, I'm not, sh- I'm not putting it on anybody else. It's, it's worth watching. I just go, you know, we don't want her policies. We don't want Janet Reno's policies, but, man, we could use her backbone. That's um, kind of a weird thing that came out of the anniversary. Al, on the anniversary. Th- this many years later, and how many years has it been? 30. 
30. That's right. It's in the article. I'm sorry. I had to scroll down. 30 years later, are there things we know now that we did not know then? And I'm talking now about the motive or desire of the Clinton administration uh, to destroy this little cult church. I mean, what was the given reason? What what do we know about why they would take such actions? Um, well, you know one, what? One. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna have to let that hang, so you can think about it. I'm so delighted we have you. Don't change the connection; it improved immeasurably. Okay, it's great. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll continue this conversation with Al Parada of thestream.org. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. To the Alan Nathan Show, I'm Karen Cataline, and we are in the midst of a conversation with uh, Al Parada, Managing Editor of TheStream.org. And if you remember that, thank you for staying with us, Al. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Great. So you remember the question, right? <laughs> yes. Very good. I remember the question. Go right ahead with your okay. answer. Well, well, the one thing that's interesting is that sto- the story about um, that the reason they moved then was because Hillary Clinton was getting really mad about the fact that the Waco siege was t- drawing oxygen away from her efforts to reform health care. And that she kind of put the put the pressure on DOJ to get moving and and move on, ah. on the compound. And um, that would fit kind of with <laughs> what we know about Hillary Clinton. Um, and, that, and that and again, that's part of the tragedy of this is like why they moved in what did they do what were their tactics and you end up with a bunch of people dead obviously something went horribly horribly wrong and um the horrors it's just just those images of the flames engulfing that building and knowing that there were children trapped in there yes Um, and in the age of a time uh with the in 2020 where we saw a a brazen and reckless disregard for life. Can you look at it in the context of what we are seeing so many years later from the same radical Mm -hmm. left that are still calling many of the shots today, only it's all on steroids. Maybe you could wax philosophical and bring that into the present before we switch gears. Yeah. Well, it seems, seems as if we've lost, the sense of value of life and the, 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 or even bigger, the sense, the value of the other, the the progressives, it's, it's, it's about the collective, you know, exterminate babies. We can exterminate older people. Um, You could take, you know, you can wreck somebody's life um, by wrecking their store and looting their store. It's okay because it's just stuff, not understanding that that stuff represents somebody's hard work and sweat and toil and everything. And just the injustice of it, Al, even if you don't know that it's, it's reckless disregard for justice, equal justice under the law. They're trying to make that, uh, uh, the norm today. Are they not? Yes. And, and, and and that is a very disheartening thing to know that there is, and you can't even argue about it anymore. Don't even try to argue that there, that there's one, justice for all that justice is blind we know that's not true yeah. but you know we know we know what we're seeing we know who gets thrown in jail for months on end and who, who gets to walk the streets to commit more crimes exactly yes forgive me your your uh, colleague who you know i love having on as well john zamarak talks a great deal about anarcho tyranny Anarchy for us, tyranny for you. We're going to show you who gets justice and who does not. Yes, and he's right. He's right on that, and that it's blatant. And you you see it with um, what's happening to the J six prisoners, as opposed to the people who tried to storm the White House in the summer of twenty twenty or late late spring, technically. But they tried to storm the White House with the purpose of finding Trump. And taking over, and these are anarchists who don't like the U.S. government. Mm. Whole, compare that to January 6th, and and the people who are being prosecuted for for walking into a building guided by by police, by the Capitol Hill police, not knowing they were doing anything wrong, and now their lives are ruined because yeah. they're on the wrong this, political side. That is wrong. Yeah, it's so banana <laughs> republic. It's so banana yeah. republic. Well, um, I, what I like to say, I, yeah. I, I call it bananas republic because it's banana yeah. republic, with, yeah. but nuts, nutty things. Here's so, a question, Al. Yeah. You have, I hope I didn't interrupt you uh, or interrupt no. a thought. Were you going to, you no, write such no. good stuff and I could, I could choose any one of a number of articles, but. And I know I know some of what you're going to say, but you write so much great stuff at thestream.org. Everything from, and I'll just whet the appetite of for some of our listeners um, 
Um, who knew giving birth didn't make you a mother or a woman? Hint, nobody until now. We could talk about that. I want to ask you, what keeps you going? When you see this, I know it's your faith. What else? What keeps you going? And what can you tell others who have what I call the curse of awareness about what's um, happening to our country? Uh, I, look, honestly, me, part of it's the blank, the fear of the blank page. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I have to do it again tomorrow. You know, there's, there's that. Then, yeah. then there's, and then there's competitiveness to take it on. But, but also the sense of trying to make people aware. And but in my case, do it in a way that is not that is not that tries to make things lighter. As that we're talking, we're talking about dark things. Um, yeah. That that's a driving force. Um, but also, there's a bit of the town crier. You got to <laughs> ring the bell. Hey, yes. You know. You know, yes. Where you, where you get biblical about being a watchman on the wall or something like that. You know. Uh, well, I call you know I call myself a, a Paulette Revere sometimes. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> alert, 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 danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to you, you do it. You say you want to scream and shout from the rooftops, especially when you see things that others aren't quite seeing or, or putting things together that other, other people yeah. might not put together, and. Right. You, 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 you got to do it. And that's part of the frustration. In fact, one of the frustrations of the job is there's so much going on now yes. that you can't get to it all. And so you feel, oh, you I didn't talk about this. I didn't talk about that. <laughs> that's been left. And yeah. you will, you, you know, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. The whole nine yards as a creative person. <laughs> if I know do, you, do you prioritize but, yeah. when you, when, as I call it, just doing talk radio, um, uh, drinking from a fryer hose do you just choose by saying look this is a priority i gotta talk about this what is it that makes you choose it well uh sometimes you just something catches your eye or what usually happens with me sometimes is a couple stories that are kind of related catch catch my eye like yes like talking yesterday like even for yesterday i don't want to get too much into the sausages but at the very end of the waco thing i mentioned the fact how Waco had the, the name Waco now stands stood for disaster. The, the, but then chipping Joanna Gaines going there, Christians going back to what we were talking about earlier, have yeah. helped re- revive Waco through their show and giving it a, now also means restoration, not just immolation. So how then the great. thing I already knew I was ta- I also knew I was talking about the cross that uh, Ocean Grove, New Jersey built. They made their new pier. They just rebuilt the pier after, finally after. 11 years after uh-huh. Sandy, they, and it's in the shape of a cross. Part of it was, that was mm-hmm. just design and the most effective design, but also that because of the town's history with Christianity, they, they recognized the cross as a recognition of their past. So I knew there was yeah. a restoration of restoration theme. That was, so those two stories kind of went naturally together. And so that's, that, that's kind of how it goes during, during the day. And sometimes, okay, I admit it. It's just because I feel like, writing about it and something else. Uh, yeah, know, just something like else Limbaugh used to say, if I'm interested yeah. in it, we're going to talk about it. If I'm not interested <laughs> in it, we're not. Al Parada, read his stuff at stream.org. Thank you for the generosity of your time. We so appreciate it, and we love having you on. Well, we're moving right along, and boy, we have a couple more stellar guests here on the Ellen Nathan Show. Don't go away. Stay with us till the end. I know I will. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. 
I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, happily filling in for Alan today. And uh, we have a very special guest on the line right now. Um, his name is Floyd Brown, and he is the founder of Western Journal. I know you know what that is because it's one of the top conservative website news uh, organizations in the business and a GOP operative. His latest book, Floyd Brown's, is titled Counterpunch. Can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, thank you, Floyd Brown, for joining us. It's good to talk to you again. Great to be with you, Karen. 
Yeah, thank yeah. you. So yeah, partly what we want to talk about, and we want to leave time, even though these segments are awfully short, we want to leave time to talk about your book, Counterpunch, because, boy, do we need that now more than ever. But you have some thoughts about Elon Musk's uh, discussion and comments about AI. Boy, am I hearing this a lot. Transhumanism, transgenderism are connected and AI digital God comments. Talk about your thoughts on this. Well, I thought the uh, interviews the last few nights with uh, Tucker Carlson have been absolutely fascinating. And I hope it brings to every American's attention the real issues that we're facing with AI because the, the people in Silicon Valley, we can call them the tech bros or the tech billionaires or whatever, what Elon told us is they essentially are attempting to create what they themselves call a digital god. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people call themselves god throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the Roman emperors called themselves gods and the Egyptian emperors called themselves gods. And, um, you know, it always ends in totalitarianism when you have a god running something and um, except for the real god, which is the god in heaven. So I, I think that it is really important for people to understand the threats to their life that uh, that come with AI. I mean, he was pretty blatant about it when he was when he when he was saying that he hoped we could develop an AI that considered humans interesting enough that they that that the AI mm. would actually want to keep us around. Mm. So it's, yes. it's 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 and uh, you know another part of the discussion was how politically correct. Um, you know, the, the Silicon Valley has adopted all of the wokeism of the modern culture, whether it's transgenderism, that somehow you can, you know, change your sex. Um, there's even people now that claim to be cats and dogs. They want to literally change their species. Mm. And, um, you know, <laughs> this kind of craziness, you know, this is not unconnected. AI, you know, Floyd, forgive me. This is not unconnected. We're beginning to see the connection here between detaching people from their biological gender and even their biological species and turning that over to some kind of artificial controlling entity. It's worse than a bad sci-fi movie. It's terrifying. I just wanted well, to mention it, that this is all related. No, no, it, it, it is. It is. It's very terrifying, but it's very real, Karen, and that's yeah. what people have to understand. It's very real. There are people in Silicon Valley that believe they can live forever because they're going to translate their consciousness to machines, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. <laughs> That to me is just a frightening concept that that um, you know a an all powerful, all control controlling AI digital god would run everything in the world. You know what, Floyd? Everybody. Um, if you look at that, and I and you're just such a smart man. I love talking to you. I've been talking about this for a while because when we first heard the most incomprehensible notion that there are people who want to depopulate the world. They want to decide. And and we've been fed this nonsense that the world is overpopulated for years, and it is not true. But the same people who are screaming about depopulation and have no problem killing people and deciding who lives and who dies, which is a God complex, uh, also... While they want to kill everyone else off, they want to live forever. None of this is unconnected, is it? Is it narcissism? Is it grandiosity? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, um, you know, the, the, the first human sin, which was, in fact, a pride. I mean, what was it that Adam and Eve in the garden wanted to do? They wanted to become like God. Mm-hmm. And these people believe that they can become like God using their technology. 
Yeah. You know, the, the, they haven't been able quite yet to to capture what's in the human mind, which is the soul. See, we're, we we our consciousness is more than just a mind. We actually have a soul, and right. uh, no machine can have a soul. But it, it it's it's really you know when when someone gets out of control, when a human gets out of control. Well, there are other humans that can either, you know, incarcerate them or can do other things to get them back under control. So they're not a danger or a threat to others. But these machines, if they are able to, you know, control everything from your bank account to your thermostat to what trucks deliver in the way of food, you know, they literally are controlling everything around you, and then you are toast. You're a slave. And is that not, and we do want to mention your book, I'm sorry, is that not part of this hostility towards people of faith, hostility towards anybody who answers to a higher authority, a la Hebrew national, since I happen to be Jewish? Isn't that part of it is that this this contempt for people of faith and to put them down, shut them up and get them with the program of tyranny. Yeah, well, the, the, the God that they're always trying to rip out of the sky, Karen, is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And uh, they've been trying to rip him out of the sky now for yeah. um literally centuries, whether it was the Romans or the Egyptians or the Assyrians. Uh, this, this, this is a biblical battle, and, and, and so essentially it is a spiritual battle, but yes. it's always man trying to make themselves God. Yeah. Isn't that the case? And Tucker Carlson talks about it. Take the last couple of minutes to talk about your book, subtitle, well, An Unlikely Alliance of Americans Fighting Back for Faith and Freedom, counterpunch. Yeah, well, I actually, I talk a lot about false narratives that we've had to deal with for the last few decades. And one of them is that technology is going to solve all of our problems. I call for dramatically decreasing the power of big tech in our lives. Uh, It really has not helped us. And there's no reason that companies like Google and uh, Facebook and Amazon should be as big as they are and as controlling as they are. And these are the same companies that are pursuing AI so that they can, in essence, become the digital god. Yes. Uh, And where can people find your book? And give us a tidbit because we got about another minute uh, or so. It's actually selling really well. Um, I'm, I'm... a number one new release on Amazon, so you can get oh, it on Amazon. Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but really what the book is intended to do is all of these false narratives, Karen, try to make people feel powerless. And we as citizens have been given a wonderful gift by our founders, and that's called the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. And what we learn from our founding documents is number one, our rights don't come from government. They come from God and we still have these rights. And if we stop exercising them, we will lose them. So really it encourages people to get back involved in their communities and begin to exercise these rights like their free speech rights, like their second amendment rights. And my goal is to empower people to literally take the country back street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood, town by town, county by county. And if we work together in unity, which is, you know, we're the United States of America, we can take this country back. Yes. And uh, and we know that the radical left that seeks to divide us, that is one of Uh, the reasons why they want people at each other's throats. So they will not unite and say, wait a minute, there's more of us than there are of you. Thank you so much, Floyd Brown, for joining us. Get his book, Counterpunch. We appreciate your time. Well, we are winding down the show, or shall we say wrapping up, no down, just up, wrapping up the show 
with one more guest. I'll tell you about him when we come back. This is The Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, 
No other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. We are wrapping up the show with this next guest who I'm excited to tell you about right now. He's responsible for media uh, relations, public relations, and marketing campaigns for CNS CNS News. His name is Craig Bannister. Hi, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Alan Nathan Show. Good afternoon. Hi, it's good to have you. So I, I am constantly amazed, Craig, at the number of things that the radical left has done a complete 180 on. Uh, they told us to beautify America, and yet now they think it's perfectly okay to poop on the street. That's one example. Another one is that they told us how important Title IX sports was for women, and they pushed all that funding. Now... They want men to compete, biological men to compete and give an, a, a, an unfair advantage. And we're watching that. And uh, the presidential potted plant, Joe Biden, has claimed that if this bill uh, comes to his desk to protect nine sports, Title Nine sports, he'll veto it. Talk about that and, and the topsy-turvy craziness we're watching. Okay, well... Uh, Republicans in the House have introduced the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, uh, which would uh, uh, prevent uh, biological males from simply identifying as females in order to gain a competitive advantage in sports. Uh, Biden has has said that uh, that actually discriminates against trans- transgender athletes and children. Um, by not allowing them to compete against the um, the sex of their choice. Um, there's a certain amount of uh, gender alchemy, if you will, taking place here uh, in the country where uh, people can simply uh, declare their sex or gender uh, regardless of uh, biology. Uh, as Terry Jeffrey, uh, our editor-in-chief here at CNS News, uh, wrote in his commentary today, he pointed out that uh, in the Tokyo Olympics, in two swimming events, uh, the last place male finisher uh, would have um, would have beaten uh, the first place uh, female swimmer uh, based on time in, in two events. Likewise, uh, he asked the question, well, should you know, a uh, a six foot ten, two hundred and ninety uh, pound uh, male basketball player be able to choose uh, to play on on the women's basketball team in college. And of course, part of the travesty of that would be that it uh, doing so is taking away uh, scholarships and other opportunities from female athletes. Yeah, something is driving this insanity because instead of even defining, having to defend that there are differences between men and women, the radical left that is just permeating our culture, uh, the trans agenda, gender agenda, um, is basically saying that there is there is no man and there is no woman. So what are the feminists to do now that they're being completely erased and dissed? Men they've had it in for for the longest time. And we've been talking around here in this program about the transhumanism in transgender and what, what may really be going on. Do you have some thoughts on that? And if not, I have this film that just came out that I would refer you to just for later that maybe you could write about um, called What's Behind the Transgender Movement? And it connects these two things together, transhumanism, transgender, and that you are whatever you, you, you feel like you want to be with the help of machines. It's bizarre. It's crazy. And what are your thoughts? 
Well, uh, EWTN put out a, a similar documentary called The uh, Gender Agenda. And at, as it points out, and I'm sure the film you're referencing does, it's it's an effort by the left, uh, one of the efforts to blur the lines of any type of um, objective standard or truth. Um, and you see that from gender to uh, uh, to to the border, uh, any type of uh, objective distinction uh, they they want to blur and make uh, appear subjective. It's but also you also have uh, I think a lot of people who are afraid to speak up because um, as, as you know from the left and and their um, their their mouthpieces and the and the legacy uh, media. Um, it, it put a lot of pressure on people to acknowledge uh, these, um, you know, pronouns and uh, gender identities. And it's a lot like uh, uh, the children's story of uh, the emperor's new clothes. Oh, yes, it uh, is. It, One know, of my favorites. Are, yes. People are afraid to to admit that or acknowledge the truth until one uh, innocent little boy comes along and says, you know, the king has no clothes. Uh, right. Before that, he's wandering around and everyone is praising uh, his beautiful outfit. The only addition in that wonderful children's story is that that is going on in reality that didn't go on in the story is that they primed the pump to bully, intimidate, censor, and shut down anybody who dares to try to say the emperor has no clothes by, uh, you know, firing them, demonizing them. They would have called the little boy anti-clothes or anti-naked <laughs> or anti, you know, this, you know. <laughs> yes, there you go. You're nude. For, oh, but we, you know, you're clothes phobic or whatever. I mean, they're pushing a lie. And how do they push the lie? by demonizing and punishing people for daring to tell a basic truth. Um, uh, tell us more about what you think that a, a supposed president can get away with completely promising he's going to demonize um, and destroy women's sports when it's the left who, who pushed Title IX in the first place. And how do we fight back against it? That's way too many questions, but we only got a minute. I threw too much at you. Your final thoughts. Well, my, my final thoughts are that it is important uh, to, to, uh, to force uh, President Biden to veto this because then it at least gets him on the record. Doggone right. That is a good Final thought, Craig Bannister, we can't wait to have you on again from CNS News. Well, that wraps it for this edition of The Alan Nathan Show. Thank you to the producers and everyone at the Main Street Radio Network for, for making it possible. And your First Amendment rights, use them or lose them, so use them. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.